Hello, Kayla. Hi, Audrey. Are you is ready this... to record another episode? Yes. Is this where I say in an unironic way, I'm so excited to talk to you, it's been so long. I mean, we can, but I think that we have maybe riffed that joke to death enough already. People know we record these in batches. Oh, they no, just I... maybe don't pay enough attention to know when uh, something's like the second one of a batch. My notes for this chapter are all out of order. That's Incredibly okay. out of order. This, so this chapter is A Journey in the Dark. It is chapter four of book two of Fellowship of the Ring or chapter 16 in the overall book Fellowship of the Ring. And this is Mordor. She wrote a podcast where we read Lord of the Rings chapter by chapter because Kayla is super unfamiliar with it and I am super over familiar with it. And if this is the first time you're hearing this version or whatever of the intro, then you probably need to go back and start at least to the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring, which is the beginning of the podcast. So, um, yeah, okay, your notes are all over the place. Did you do the thing with predictions where you I put the predictions them? first. Nice. Okay, well, we'll yes. ask you about those at the end unless they come up organically. But, um, man, I felt like, okay, I felt like the chapter of Elrond was a really long chapter. And in my head, I was like, it's the longest chapter in the book. None of the other chapters are that long. But these last two chapters have been so fucking long. They were... Let's see. Mine starts on chapter four starts on page two ninety five, and ends on three twenty one in my digital copy. Uh, yeah. And before I mean, you, mine ask... is mine is two eighty seven to, oh good god, uh, three twelve. Okay, so in my print copy, I want to say that is the same because I. Oh, hold on. Yes. My print copy, I believe, is the same as yours. We may have different cover art, but mine is 287 to 312. Well, I have the movie cover art of Frodo looking real concerned in um, in Bag End after Gandalf has given him the ring. And also it has uh, like foil letters for the title and author, and it's peeling off. So if you ever hear like this crinkly, this nice... Yes, I can hear it right now. I was about to ask you to check your microphone to make sure you were recording on the right microphone. Yeah, no, that's me playing <laughs> with the film that is starting to peel off, which I'll take a picture of after. Uh, I'll take a picture of while we're talking, actually. Oh, and, that's. Uh, so you can put it on social media. On a completely, like, we should probably start taking a tally of how many times I say on an unrelated note. That's, that's why I can't. I can't stand paperback books that have the glossy finish on them because I know it's going to start to peel. That's why I gravitate towards the paperback books with the matte cover. Um, In my fairness, I have... So this... My copy of Fellowship is the only one I have that is like this. All of my other Tolkien books are the matte covers. And then I have like a special edition leather-bound set of Ooh. lord of the rings and the hobbit but it's like super tiny print because it's very gotcha. like instagram aesthetic um so but it is these were ones that i got for my birthday after i saw fellowship of the ring from my godfather and so it's just like whatever mm -hmm. i could get you know correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure my editions are the hardcover cover art just on a paperback because i have paperbacks Probably have, so, yeah. I have a paperback. I don't have the whole series yet. I was like, 
you know what? I will buy the books as we read them. Yeah, but this is my like well-worn copy. The spine is broken because of how many times I've read it. I have notes in the margins and things highlighted, um, cover falling apart, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's fine. I don't need it to be a pretty copy because I as so there's only a few books where I have multiple copies of them and it is uh the Lord of the Rings where I have the ones that I read and then I have my my very pretty like nice set and then <laughs> I have two copies of the book Crown Duel by Sherwood Smith which is like my favorite book of all time uh because I dropped one in the bath <laughs> I'm sorry That's nope funny. it's fine it dried out okay it's a little lumpy now, yeah. but that's why I have a second copy of that one. <laughs> I'm probably also going to have to cut this out, but I listen. That's one of my book audiobooks on rotation for bedtime. Oh, the narrator the is book. so slow <laughs> and monotone. I was like, "Oh, this is perfect." But anyways, people didn't come here to listen to us talk about what our Lord of the Ring collections look like. Even though I my, mean, they my... might, they might have. I this is you know, it's Mordor. She wrote. I will. Maybe maybe as like a bonus episode sometime I will just kind of talk about all the stuff on my Lord of the Rings shelf, which I do have. Uh, and that's in addition to the various posters and things that I own. But we are talking about A Journey in the Dark. So when we last less left the Fellowship, because they were truly the Fellowship last chapter, uh, they had been defeated by Karadras, the mountain. And it's unclear as to whether that was the mountain itself or some evil force like Sauron or Saruman, or whomst ever at work. Uh, they got spied on some, by some evil birds, and there was a big old avalanche, so they can't go over the mountain now, which means they have been looking for an alternate route to continue their journey to destroy the ring in Mount Doom. So the general aesthetic of this entire chapter is callbacks to The Hobbit. Because this whole effing chapter, I was just like, Something like that happened in The Hobbit. And I remember this from The Hobbit. And I remember that prop from The Hobbit. Like, I wasn't sad about it. It was, it was, uh, as we like to say, Tolkien is a, is a lover of things of a cyclical nature. And it's true. And also The Hobbit was kind of, you know, uh, it was a bedtime story for his son and kind of started on a whim. And then Lord of the Rings became like this big thing. And you can read lord of the rings without having read the hobbit i did oh absolutely and so like uh yeah so it is it feels like familiar ground if you have read the hobbit but it is less familiar if you haven't um so we start out by finding that there is another way and it is the secret way that gandalf and aragorn had talked about in hush voices that frodo overheard uh and that is called instead of going over the mountain they go under the mountain through the mines of Moria. Yes. It was also like Aragon was inspired by and I'm I'm using the word inspired very loosely <laughs> here um, by this chapter of the book. Yes. Uh, and so the road through Moria is like a point of contention. For everyone, Aragorn has been in there and says he doesn't want to go again. Boromir is like, how do we know that we're going to come out on the other side? Gandalf has also been in there and it's like, look, it's the only way. I also probably wouldn't go back in here if we had any other choice. And uh, everybody's kind of cranky and arguing about it. Uh, Gimli is not cranky. He's excited. He's like, yeah, we dug here. 
dwarves dug here. I could see if my dwarf friends are here. Maybe we don't know what's happening in there. They could be. They could be in there. And um, and literally, so, it isn't it like eight of the nine of them are like, I don't want to go in there. Yeah. So it's pretty much. I would say it's seven of the nine. So Gandalf is basically like, we got no other choice. And Gimli's like, yeah. I mean, my like uncle thing, Balin, is probably still in there. Balin, you know, it's fine. And, Balin um, was from The Hobbit. Exactly. He was one of the company uh, that was went him, with Thorin. Was Balin and Dwalin. Yes. And so, I... um, yeah, everybody's kind of arguing about it. And Frodo is straight up just like, let's take a nap. We need to sleep on it. Guys, we can't make a decision right now. Let's sleep on it. And, and everybody's we get, yep. we get some evil animals again. Kayla, your favorite thing. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so here's another Hobbit callback. It's the wargs. And if you don't know what a warg is... It is a wolf. It's kind of a supernatural wolf. Like, it's extra big. Uh, Think like your Twilight Wolves, but not shapeshifters. Right. Like, the, it's extra big and uh, very, like, very intelligent. Like, scary intelligent. And uh, sometimes like goblins that. or orcs might ride wargs. Oh, yeah. Didn't in the Battle of the Five Armies in The Hobbit. Look at me. I You're know remembering things. things left and right. In the Battle of the Five Armies, did the did not the orcs ride the wargs into battle? They did. That is too many or sounds. I'm it's like, a lot. It's like it's the same as the Sauron and Saruman thing. I'm like, no, thank you. Pick another aren't, consonant blend. Aren't linguistics fun? Sure. Uh, okay, so <laughs> there is there's these wolves, and so they like get up on a hilltop that's like surrounded by trees and jagged stones, and they light a fire in the middle because they're like no point in hiding if they already know where we are, and so they're right. just trying to defend themselves. I had a little part highlighted, and this is something too that in last chapter uh, Tolkien had made like kind of an oblique reference to like a winter battle where wolves came into the Shire, and then in this chapter. Uh, Pippin says, I am no good after all. There is not enough of the breed of Bandabras the bull roarer in me. These howls freeze my blood. The Bandabras the bull roarer is like a Shire hero uh, that had fought against the wolves in that winter war, which is just a little fun fact, just a little fun tidbit for you. Oh, my heart's right down in my toes, Mr. Pippin. That was my, I liked oh, yeah. that line. And Sam is just like, yeah, Gandalf's not going to get eaten by wolves, so we're, we're fine. Don't worry about it. For real. And they don't. They, they spoiler alert, do not get eaten by wolves. There's a lot of threats made, and Gandalf lights a branch on fire in kind of a magic-y way, and it sets the treetops on fire, and Legolas is shooting wolves, and everybody is cutting wolves' throats and things, and uh, they chase the wolves off. But in the morning... They're like, well, we got to get the hell out of here. They're like, the only they're it, it's basically become expedient to go into uh, Moria, right? Instead they're like, of we really got no choice now. But also in the morning, there's no wolf corpses. There's not really any sign that the wolves were there. How did I miss that? When the full light of the morning came, no signs of the wolves were to be found, and they looked in vain for the bodies of the dead. No that trace have... of the fight remained, but the charred trees and the arrows of Legolas lying on the hilltop. All well, I mean, damaged. I see it now. Yeah, save one of which only the point was left. And Ew. we don't really get any elaboration on this. It's literally just Gandalf being like, these were no ordinary wolves. 
I mean, that's cool. So the arrows didn't hit them. I don't know. Are they wraith wolves? I don't know. Hard to say, right? I'm like, there's another consonant blend I don't like. Yeah. So we're uh, so this (laughs) chapter is very inverted as far as like action and suspense goes, where a lot of the other chapters we've had like dread, doom, and dismay, and then a fight scene. This one is the opposite. It's a fight scene and then the dread, doom, and dismay. Well, it's kind of a sandwich because there's a fight scene later too. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's not a fight scene at the end of this chapter. It's not. Okay. I guess. No, sorry. It's There's a sandwich, but it, it's, it's okay. It's a roller coaster because there's like the thing in the lake that they have to uh, get Frodo away from. But then I guess we do have like a lot of pages after that. So. Well, yeah, that's mind. what I meant. I was like, we've got like... um. Mr. Tentacle Fingers. Gross. Yeah, I don't love that. So we should probably go... back up and explain the circumstances around. <laughs> right. It, so they're going into Moria now. Uh, they're not truly within Moria because they find the entry. There's like this stream and waterfall that have dried up. And Gandalf's talking about having to find the doors because there is a hidden door that he's pretty sure he can find because the last time he was here, he didn't come in this way. So what's the name of the mountain in The Hobbit that they have to go get the treasure out of? The Lonely Mountain. The Lonely Mountain. Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is one of those spots where I'm like, this echoes The Hobbit profusely because there is a door built into the mountain that the dwarves have mined into and the door seems not to have an entrance. Like, this is not the first time that Gandalf has been in this scenario. Albeit it was a different mountain. It's true. And dwarf architecture, uh, you're led to believe there are lots of like hidden doors and, and things like this. Um, we get a very, before they find the door, we get a very touching like goodbye scene to Bill the Pony. <laughs> oh, old horse boy, Sam. Poor little Sam and his little pony friend. I think that's yeah. one of my notes. I want to say I have something about poor Sam and his pony. Poor Sam and his horse pal, Bill. Yeah. And Sam's really worried because he's like, oh, Bill's not going to survive the wolves. We can't send him out there. Like, I can make him follow us, I swear. And Gandalf's like, no, man, he's not coming with us. Here, let me help. And so he has these words for Bill that kind of an incantation, you assume. Uh, You are a wise beast and have learned much in Rivendell. Make your ways to places where you can find grass and so come in time to Elrond's house or wherever you wish to go. And we already had like a talk about how Gandalf is a horse girl because of the whole Shadowfax thing. But this again, Gandalf's like, I I can use some magic on the pony, I guess, to make sure that he's fine. Poor little buddy. Doesn't Sam cry about having to let the the horse go? Like, like he, oh, yeah. like, uh, not just oh, cries, yeah. he bursts into tears. That's right. I think yeah. that was what prompted my note about um, poor Sam and his horse pal, pal Bill. Yes. And there, okay, amidst all of this, there is like a snarky conversation between Legolas and Gimli, mm-hmm. the first of many that we're going to get. Um, Gandalf's talking about how the door was like a collaboration between dwarves and elves and, uh, you know, says they were happier days when there was still close friendship at times between folk of different race. And Gimli says, it was not the fault of the dwarves that the friendship waned. And then Legolas says, I have not heard that it was the fault of the elves. (laughs) So, And then Gandalf is like, 
the parent that's like, I've had enough of this. I've heard both, and I will not give judgment now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, led to believe some animosity between elves and dwarves, and we're going to see a lot more of that. Sorry, that's like a very minor spoiler about these books, but it is like I the mean, comic it's relief. Not... Those two well, are the it's comic really, relief. It's really not that big of a spoiler, because in The Hobbit, I couldn't for the life of you tell, tell you which dwarf and which elf had an argument, but there's All a of lot that. of... Well, there's a lot of conversation, especially when Bilbo and his party approach Mirkwood about the elves that live there and the dwarves kind of like negging the elves and how they're how they're silly and um, basically a race of himbos. (laughs) Yes, I just like that. So that is that is partly. I won't say it is specific to the Mirkwood elves, but kind of is. Like that's have, just the instance I remember that conversation having. Like I no no I mean I have mentioned in the past that there are a couple different types of elves. Uh, that this is where my knowledge starts to wane. But there's there's a couple different types of elves. There's like high elves and wood elves, basically. Is how you yeah would and the Mirk the Mirkwood guys are the wood elves and yes. then like Legolas and. And um, so they Elrond. are like the yeah. himbos slash rednecks of the elves, basically. Gotcha. Legolas, perhaps most of all. You know what? Orlando Bloom is just beautiful in a blonde wig, though. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. Um, so they, they are looking for the door, and everybody's like, I can't find them. And then Gandalf's like, wait, wait, stop, stop, look. And the moonlight illuminates the door. Um, which is very this fancy, is, and my yes, book has and, an illustration of it. And uh, yes, my book also has an illustration of the door. This is um, callback number two to The Hobbit right here, because to read the map to see where the door is on the Lonely Mountain, they have to wait for a specific phase of the moon to fall on the map to show them how to get in the door. That is correct. Like, which is where callback number three happens. There's a riddle over the door that... right. It, uh, they're Gandalf's Gandalf trying all these magic words to get in and stuff, but it turns out the door says, the doors of Durin, Lord of Moria, speak friend and enter. And so I will pause you real fast right here. I'm like, because, because of that moment from The Hobbit, I remembered, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is a riddle and the word that you need to say is in the riddle. That's correct. Because the word that needs to be said is friend, specifically the elvish word for friend, which is melon. Yes, and he, I, I just laughed at like Gandalf getting. What is it? He gets pissed off, and doesn't he throw? He like throws his staff down or something, and then goes and sits down in the dirt. And yeah, just because quiet everybody's talking. Long. Mary in particular is like asking him about what the door says, and well, why don't you know the words and stuff? And Gandalf eventually is just like, maybe if everybody shut up, like, yeah. Oh, there's the, yep, all of my editions of this have that picture. Okay, It's very pretty. Yeah, it's just, that's one of my favorite Gandalf moments in this chapter. Where you just, like, plot. He's like, like, fuck all of you. Yes. Oh, this is one of my favorite um, Gandalf and um, Pippin interactions here. So when they're in the middle of debating on how to open the doors before he remembers that you have to say the magic words. Um, 
people they're they're going over the different ways and um pippin asks him what are you gonna do then and gandalf says knock on the doors with your head peregrine took <laughs> yes and i'm like yes oh, like so good and basically it's like because this isn't the first time that gandalf has made a reference to pippin being hard-headed and i want to say he does it once in the last chapter that we just read but i'm like oh pippin you just you have several moments this chapter where you just say exactly the say or do exactly the wrong thing to make gandalf go ah it's true but basically as soon as they find the door and figure out how to open it uh this tentacle monster grabs Frodo and tries to drag him into the lake and everybody has to like get him away from it and they run inside and then it pulls the door down after them so they're like barricaded in with rocks and the trees that were planted by the door so now they have no choice but to try and go through. I mean not to give too many spoilers about what's coming in the chapter but you would think after this interaction they would learn something about not throwing a stone into water that you can't see the bottom of. You'd think. In this instance, it's Boromir who throws yes. a stone into the water. Uh, Frodo's like, oh, no, I feel like I'm being watched. Why did you do that? Why did you disturb the water? And then the tentacle thing, is like, a page later come, comes after him. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. They get so they eventually, and, yeah. Uh, there's one thing that I wanted to mention, and I know I forgot to mention this in the last episode, but they have basically like a magic fire whiskey from elrond that they have been taking yeah. sips of to like help warm them up and like recover their spirits and energy and stuff it's called miravor and gandalf passes around the the drink again basically uh after the tentacle encounter and it's the third time that they've drunk it they did it on the mountain and i'm pretty sure they did it after the wolves and they did it again after the tentacle monster and Gandalf's just like, I'm pretty sure we don't got much of this left. But my note about this was Gandalf doesn't save his potions. Like you're, you're playing a video game with Gandalf. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm using that health potion. I'm using it right now. I mean, use it while it lasts. Isn't that the, like one of the rules of survival? Like if you have water, drink it while it's available. Yes. yes. Don't wait until you're dying of thirst to drink it. Because you won't do anybody any good. You got to keep your strength up so that you hopefully don't get to that point of dying of thirst. Have we made it to the part where the narrator notes that Gandalf and Frodo both don't acknowledge the fact that the uh, the tentacle monster came after him first? I don't think we're at that part yet. Um, Gandalf does maintain that, I believe. Um in this section i don't know that frodo notices it specifically but gandalf does um they're making their way into the mine and it's mm -hmm. pretty dark gandalf's got his staff lit up so they can see but they specifically do not have um torches but there is there they talk about how gimli is up at the front with gandalf and it says gimli aided gandalf very little except by his stout courage at least he was not as were most of the others troubled by the mere darkness in itself good for him and then we come to a point where sam is talking about wanting rope like I knew oh I'd yes want it if i had there's your it. rope callback rope yeah. muttered sam i knew i'd want it if i had yep yes they uh, we've got lots of pages of just going through the dark and 
um, Frodo starts to think that he's hearing something following them. Oh, are you ready for a mini prediction? Yes, I think I please. may have this in my re- this may be in my uh, regular prediction, but um, I feel like this may be another callback to the Hobbit, and they may be encountering a certain cave dwelling creature that we have seen from the Hobbit. Hmm. Mm. Would you be talking about one Gollum? That that would be the one. Excellent. I love to hear a mini prediction. Let's see. Uh, man, there's a lot of times in this chapter where Sam is just like, I'm thinking about Bill. I'm thinking about Bill the pony, my poor pony. Um, oh, but we get your meme. We get your meme, Gandalf, here. I have no memory of this place at all, said Gandalf, standing uncertainly under the arch. I'm glad that they shortened the line for the movie. It's just not as Rolls off meaningful. the tongue a little better. Yeah. So they take a kind of a rest here where Gandalf doesn't know which way to go. Um, They take a rest in what looks to be an old guard's room. And there's like a well in the center, a hole. And then uh, fucking Pippin picks up a rock and drops it down the well. Oh, yeah. And it's very distant, plunk, magnified, repeated in a hollow shaft. Uh, This is Gandalf gets to say, fool of a took. This is a serious journey, not a hobbit walking party. Throw yourself in next time and then you will be no further nuisance. (laughs) Now be quiet. I I'm living for these Gandalf and Pippin interactions. These are some of the best ones. And then we yes. hear the we hear the sound of feet again. Well, it's feet or a knocking. Oh, it's a knocking. Sorry, I thought it was feet when I read it because of the aforementioned the line. Yeah. Yes, but then they're like, it sounds like a hammer, and I'm like, that's not good. Yes, it's very ominous, and so uh, they're taking watches, and Gandalf makes. Pippin take the first watch and Pippin Pippin basically wallows so much and Gandalf is like stewing and doesn't fall asleep and so he eventually takes pity on Pippin and is like hey go rest I got this poor buddy oh and then um Gandalf can't uh can't sleep so he decides he needs a smoke (laughs) yeah uh yeah so Gandalf takes the whole watch he doesn't wake anyone and when they wake up he tells them uh you know we're gonna take the right passage i don't like the way the middle one feels i don't like the way the left one smells so this is the way we're going and it turns out to be the right way because they come into a big huge empty space um that gandalf and gimli refer to as dwerodelf and that's like a it's like a gathering hall or something of the yes, like. Yes, like the yes. heart of the dwarvish city down here. It's ah, huge. You mean, this is the you... great realm and city of the Dwerodelf. And of old, it was not darksome, but full of light and splendor, as is still remembered in our songs. And because you can throw a rock without hitting a song in this book, <laughs> it's time to update our count of chapters without a song. And the count is still zero. And hey, Gimli sings this one though. It's not a Hobbit or an Elf or Aragorn singing now. It's and it Gimli. seems actually relevant to what is going on at the time. Yes, he's telling us the history of this city uh, via song. He talks about Durin um, and how they dug in this mountain, um, and then it's kind of what it turns into a mourning song for King Durin. Ah, and um, then they're like, 
But alas, the civilization has fallen. Only the orcs come down here. It's not really a great place to be. Yes. And, and we find then, out that what they were yeah. digging for here, it's not jewels. It was mithril. It's mithril. And this was the chapter that refreshed my memory on what mithril is. So as you have previously told us in the last chapter, it is true silver is is the other name for it, Moria silver. And it's basically like, it doesn't tarnish. It's stronger than steel. It's great for making weapons out of. It's super um, lightweight. Is it not the substance that lights up if an orc is nearby? Uh, or am I? Oh, I oh no, no, I'm think no, so because those swords were elvish make, not dwarvish. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, this is the point where Frodo realizes that how valuable the uh, little thing that. Yes, yeah. Gandalf Bilbo says, I never told Bilbo, but his his shirt of mithril was worth more than the whole Shire and everything in it. And yeah. Frodo's wearing it right now. And yeah. And say anything. I, Gandalf doesn't have any idea that he has it, right? Nope, nobody does, because Bilbo told him to keep it secret. Oh, and this is where my um, Gollum prediction comes up again, because Frodo gets put on the watch this night. And mm-hmm. he swears before he falls asleep that he sees, um, what is it, two eyes gleaming? Yes, two pale Where, points of light, almost like luminous eyes. And then, Which Legolas, is the exact description he uses in The Hobbit. It's true. And then Legolas takes over and Frodo's like, oh, it's a good thing we're switching watches because I could have swore I was dreaming. Yeah. It's just like the fear and, not the fear, the... uh tension and the sense of dread just seem to like ratchet up like every time they stop in this chapter yes and they've now been underground for quite a while um several days and even Gimli is starting to kind of feel the wear of being in this dark and abandoned place um he says I have looked on Moria and it is very great but it has become dark and dreadful and we have found no sign of my kindred I doubt now that Balin ever came here and so uh, that takes us kind of into the final bit of the chapter. They're continuing to make for the gates out, um, going through archways, and they come to a room with a shaft of light that falls onto a table in the middle of the room, a single oblong block, upon which was laid a great slab of white stone. And Frodo says, it looks like a tomb. And there are runes on it that say, Balin, son of Fundin, lord of Moria. And we find out that Balin is dead and this is his tomb. And that's the end of the chapter. So I think we we may have skirted over the part where we also learn that Frodo has some extrasensory perception now. Like some heightened oh senses yes since they his, talk uh, about him being recovered from being stabbed by the ring wraiths right that was why i didn't elaborate too much on my um part about gandalf noticing that uh the tentacle monster went for right. frodo first that's right and how it's kind of implied that frodo frodo is giving off an aura of um something that calls to the evil things in the world, like not 
not just the ring wraiths, but it it seems that he has been touched in some way other than just putting the ring on. And that's that was a big part of like they are really ratcheting up the like fear and intensity right here. Yes, that's an excellent observation. And poor Gimli, like he was so excited about finding um Balin and then he did. Yeah, it is uh it's a fairly sad ending to the chapter uh and it brings Gimli's spirits down kind of to the level of where everybody else was um as he's now mourning both this city and his cousin. Mm-hmm. So Kayla, we've made it to the end of the chapter. Do you have predictions for me? Um I, th- I think I have like one big one. Uh so we're still in the cave or the the mine whatever the city of moria there we go i'm like cave mine we'll get there um as this chapter comes to a close we are still in the mine slash city and it comes about we come to learn that they have in fact overshot um where they're supposed to be they've headed far higher into the mountain than they meant to and they need to go back down to get out to the eastern gate right right yes yes okay so i'm 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 making sure that i understand before i'm like this is my prediction so we're we're gonna spend part if not all of the next chapter still in moria and i i think i mentioned oh i have a feeling that um we are gonna lose one of our party in the next chapter and I think it's going to be Gandalf. Is this meta knowledge prediction or is this a something in this chapter prediction? Either is fine. I just want to know. I'm going to say solidly that it's probably not going to happen in the next chapter, but that event is coming within the next three chapters. I will give myself three chapters because I think okay. I only have four left. So there's not that many left. Uh, That is okay. That's a fair prediction then. Yep. We're on chapter 16, chapter four, and there are 10 chapters in book two. So yes, we have six chapters left, but I think within the next three, um, Gandalf is going to pull a Dumbledore and uh, get himself hurt in the cave. That's my prediction. All right. Prediction duly noted. And that's all we have for this episode. So, Kayla, you want to tell people where they can find you and your work online? Uh, yeah. I feel like I just did this, but it's because I did, in fact, just do this. So, I am um, I'm available on my, I won't call it my personal, it is my personal social media, um, Professor Kayla on Instagram, threads, and TikTok. Um that's usually my just for funsies like if you want to go check out what i post when i'm not talking about the lord of the rings that's that's one place um i also have a solo podcast called the broad chronicles where i cover um famous women throughout history um new episode comes out i think the new episode will be out by the time this episode is released so the new episode is going to be about queen charlotte the wife of king george the third and the broad chronicles is on 
every podcast app. Um, you can also find it on TikTok, Instagram, and Threads. Is that the new one? Threads is Instagram's Twitter. Yes. Um, we're giving it a try. It's for funsies right now. Um, I figured since everybody's new to it and we all don't know what the hell we're doing, it'd be worth a shot. But definitely on Instagram, definitely on TikTok. Um, I post previews of our new episodes, little tidbits from stuff we talked about during the episode. And yeah, that's my current projects. What do you got going on right now? I am online as Lady Tabletop on Tumblr and Itch.io. That's pretty much the only places you can find me online. But I host the podcast Alone at the Table for the Moonshot Network. It is a game, a game, a podcast where I host so, I'm just gonna, you know, I should just toss, throw in the towel. I can't do words anymore. Kayla, we've been doing this too long. It's a podcast where I play solo tabletop games and I invite listeners to come along for the experience and you can find both Alone at the Table and all the other cool Moonshot Network shows at moonshotpods.com. You can find our show at Mordor underscore she wrote on all of the platforms. Kayla, is that right? Uh, All of them. Yes. Yes, all of the platforms. So Instagram, Twitter, threads. We have a Facebook page, but you're you're going to find you're going to find the best stuff and get the most interaction from us if you find us on Insta and TikTok right now. Um, yeah, you can email us at Mordor She Wrote Podcast. Yes. yes. Mordor She Wrote Podcast. Did it. I remembered it. You know, I was like, I'll do the outro so that Kayla doesn't have to, because I always make Kayla do the outro, but then I like ended up having to ask you all of our handles anyway. So it's almost I like mean, you I, did the outro. I, I'm not upset by it. <laughs> now I got to check. It is Mordor She Wrote Podcast at gmail.com. Look at us. We both uh, remembered uh, it off the top of our head. We did it. I'm so proud of us. But that is it for this episode. So Kayla, listeners, may the stars shine on the end of your road.